so good beautiful evening the day is today um we're gonna go deep on this one so it's 9 30 p.m april 12th 2022 and um you know what today we're setting intentions so we're going to develop goals with tarot. We're going to get moon phase information, feel the power of having a ritual, and starting a journey now. Waxing gibbous, again, the waxing gibbous moon is there when we are close to our goals, but we need to assess their viability. Perhaps your original desire is not possible right now, right? So a different version of what you wanted is possible, though. So what I do with this is I analyze any of the missteps that have been taken and then consider how I can improve perhaps by changing some details and I can come closer to my goal and I do that with tarot. So I'm going to consider my goals. My goals for this cycle. Hmm. Being honest, to be honest, to be honest. And that means with myself, what I want, what I need, what I think others really need, what am I doing? If I'm honest with everything around, then everything will fall into place. So I'm going to think about being honest while I shuffle my deck, meditating, and charging my moon with honesty. This is going to be a five-card spread. All right, here I go. Oh, all right. So I got five cards. My first card is going to be the problem card. Queen of Wands reversed. Shit. Always good still. So what blocks you from the completion of your intention? What is there left to solve? What is stopping me from being honest? Um selfishness, jealousy, and insecurities would be what comes to my head with the Queen of Wands reversed. Because upright, the Queen of Wands is a woman that is brimming with enthusiasm and confidence. Her reversal is instead filled with insecurities. When she lacks self-confidence, I mean, it shows that she's not as brave. Her bravery vanishes. She is deathly afraid of failure. Her lack of inner strength also makes her fill with envy for others. She will be constantly comparing herself, wondering whether or not she measures up to others. Her competitive side can become monstrous. When she feels threatened, she will lash out with spiteful, mean comments. She'll become selfish, always thinking of herself rather than what is for the greater good. Very accurate. That way lies will spew out trying to make people understand things deeply. Hmm. What I expected was... Well, you guessed it. Ten of Wands reversed. What did initially I think would be the outcome of undertaking my intention? Well, of course, the inability to delegate would be a thing. Overstressed would help me and being burnt out, of course, with a wand. That's all my power being flipped against me. When we see the reversal of the Ten of Wands, we are being called on to learn how to delegate and understand how much responsibility we can actually take. You may find yourself at a point in life where you have bitten off more than you can chew. Your commitments weigh heavy on you and you are constantly overstretching because of your passion for your task. You know, you're perhaps not seeing how others may be taking advantage of your work. 
Perhaps there's much responsibility that you do not need to bear, but you take it on yourself. Examine what you can let go of if you get a seven or a ten of wands reversed. Because examine what you can let go of is a big deal. Because to do your best work, you must give yourself space. Okay? So, what you got? What I got out of this one is the tower reversed. <sighs> so that means I reversed the disaster. Um, I'm delaying a disaster and I have a fear of suffering. You can feel some crisis looming along the horizon when you pull a tower. Now, if it's reversed and you're struggling as much as you can try to avoid its manifestation, what you've not realized is that these breakdowns can be beneficial in breaking down your reliance on something that is false. The tower is built on faulty foundations. It must all fall, especially if you're trying to be honest. <laughs> Though the destruction will be painful, the humbleness resulting from it will definitely bring you peace. And that is where I'm standing now. My weakness, of course, is the High Priestess reversed. Everything on this reading for me is almost reversed. Every single card I got was reversed because I'm reversed. But that's okay. My weakness is the High Priestess reversed, which means I don't have a center. I've lost my inner voice and I'm repressing my own feelings. The reversal of a High Priestess calls out for you to listen to the whispers of your own self. But you cannot hear her beckoning for whatever reason you have lost your way. Your inner compass has been neglected or broken for some time. Are your actions being swayed by what others ask of you instead of what you truly want? Definitely. But here is my strength. My strength lies in the Eight of Swords. Um, what aspect of myself gives the strength to overcome the current status quo and complete? I will always complete this, I know, because I'm self-accepting. I have a new perspective and I have freedom. When the Eight of Swords is upright, it suggests being a victim of your own mind, to be trapped, not to circumstances, but to be trapped according to your own fears, to a perspective that does not see a clear escape. When it is clear, the objective minds. But when the Eight of Cups is reversed, you have found freedom. You have found a way out of the mental traps that fear has created. You realize, though, you may be surrounded on all sides with danger. A simple look upwards affords you the ability to take flight and leave this mess. The light of possibility illuminates you. You understand your personal responsibility and you are empowered by it. Therefore, you're logically moving forward. And as I'm reading this to myself, here I go, right? So I'm going to save this reading. And I'm going to know that the details have always changed. But the main goal of love starts with honesty. So I'm going to read the readings for this cycle. And I got some shit to do. Alright guys, so one of my children's life path numbers is a nine. For numerology, so I'm going to go ahead and do a reading on here for them just in case they ever want to hear it later. Um, life path number is a numerology number. They calculate this number by the date of birth that you have and bringing it into a single digit number if you can. To have a number nine life path is the symbolization of forgiveness, unconditional love, beauty, service, letting go, and transformation. Nine is the last number of the cycle, the number of endings. It has the most experience and mixed energies of all the numbers. Those who carry this number have an energy they are unaware of. They can often be recognized as they are unusual and special in some weird way. They can feel as if they're old souls for sure, who have come to finish what they started, definitely. 
They're charismatic and easily gained the liking of others. Sometimes they're withdrawn and inconspicuous, though. At others, theatrical and at the center of attention. Either way, it isn't difficult to recognize their uniqueness. Although they can be communicative and sociable at first, most of them are actually closed. Rare. And rarer are those who can say they know the soul of a number nine. (laughs) In conversation, they can talk about superficial things for a long time, but rarely will they truly open up. That's why the number nine needs someone who will be able to reach them and help them open up. By nature, they're good souls, so want to help everyone. They will try to find time for others, listen to them, and help them as much as they can. On the other hand, they will rarely ask for help, even when they are in dire need of it. They're often not prepared to talk about themselves, so it's hard to help them. Number nine is incisive and knows what's best for others. They say what this is even when others don't want to hear it. So, like, if they think they know what you need, they're going to just say it. Boom. What they say turns out to be true no matter what. However, their ideas are sometimes too unrealistic and difficult to implement. Even unfeasible in practice, they can irritate many with their attitudes, which they can defend fiercely. Number nine is a know-it-all. They comment on everything, often unnecessarily. They can be temperamental and explosive. They don't allow affection or beating around the bush. Number nine will state openly what they think. In return, they ask the same from others. That's the truth. The energy of number nine is great, and they need to learn how to handle it. This energy gives great determination, stubbornness, and persistence. When it comes to pursuing their goals, they are strong-willed, and because of this, they're often restless, constantly on the move, always busy with something. Resting is unimaginable for them. They are able to go until they reach their goal. They don't spare themselves which can sometimes lead to bad endings. They don't like change and find it hard to accept. This isn't surprising as one of their life lessons is to learn to cope with change. Number nine is the greatest humanitarian of all numbers. They have to observe all of humanity from a universal point of view and to raise the consciousness of the masses with their ideas and good needs. And good deeds, I mean. So like taking the world's problems too personally is their flaw. They go deep and experience them as if they were happening to them specifically. This often leads to drama, bad moods, sadness, and pain. Number nine suffers many blows in their life. They often return to the past and live through events all over again, focusing on bad things. In such situations, they may conclude that life is too painful. Their goal is to, by experiencing such life situations, raise the level of compassion and tolerance. They need to be understood and they need to understand that they will have to let go of many things and many people. They should develop an interest in spirituality because it will help them a great deal. It will free them from worry and they don't want to feel bad, so they won't. When something comes to an end, it's just over. Nine is here to help with endings, conclusions, and completion. Therefore, instead of feeling bad when something ends, they should devote themselves to their next experience. Instead of looking into the past, they should live in the present moment with one eye on the future. Don't don't get me wrong. Each side of the number faces difficulty, right? Every number, and every number has a dark side. Um, in the course of their development, you know, they have to. The right way often isn't the easiest, but by the end of everything, by the one with the most challenges, mostly, many wander off this road, and rare, rarely do they get not dragged onto this weird, crazy path, like I'm going right now, trying to explain it. I can't pull the words together, but they go through life against the grain, 
standing against what was given to them as the purpose for their existence. Easy choices, which at one point seem right, lead them to life and despair, misery, dissatisfaction, and poor health. What is number nine like when they're on the dark side? Inharmonious. Number nine is temperamental. They are violent, headstrong. They like to fight and often get in an argument with these fights. They are in... Um, they are ununderstanding and they are very stubborn. Their own greatest enemy every day. They impose their attitudes and are dominant, irritating many around them. They don't have the love or breadth of vision necessary to perceive humanity. And they can be quite reserved and rarely let anyone approach them living in their own world even. They linger in the past, rewinding and reliving the dramas they've experienced and often provoke themselves. Lesson to be learned, my number nine lovers. Your first lesson is to forgive yourself and accept with you all of your flaws and virtues. You need to learn not to be too harsh on yourself. Number nine has the most experience of all the numbers. You're an old soul, baby. Your task is to help others, but you need to help yourself first. To open your heart and fill it with love. It's therefore really important to be big-hearted, open, and full of love like you are. To see all the people on the planet as one large family, regardless of their skin color, culture, or religion. Number nine is here to bring us together with the aim of all of us eventually becoming one big family. You need to learn how to accept others for what they are with all of their flaws. And don't forget to forgive and let go of all the bad things. The most valuable treasure is a heart of full love. Everything else will fade with time. This will be hard on many of those whose number is nine because of the many losses they will face. That's why it's important to learn how to let go without resistance. To love, number nine grows over time. And it will help you notice the beautiful things in life among the abundance of the bad and negative ones. Your love will help you learn the art of living, to open up more to others, and to learn to ask for help. Integrity is highly important, love. Over time, you should become unflattering when it comes to moral values and duties. You need to learn how to accept all people and find love and understanding for them in your heart. And that, for me now, is a long enough read. You know what? I can be very hard to handle. I can accept, though, when I've been out of line and I've just been stepping over someone's boundaries that they are okay to set them with me, yes. And now I have to be respectful of however they set those boundaries and just reply with my response or go back to being unruly. What do you do? Well, you have to understand that you didn't do anything wrong. You grew. They got mad. So keep on holding your boundaries. If that's me that you're doing that with, continue doing so respectfully. Anyone else in the world, if you're learning about boundary setting or setting boundaries, you know it's going to be hard. You just have to do it. It's absolutely crucial. This is where you don't, you know, this one, this is where you don't get it, okay? What? Anything. 155, one plus five plus five is what? Seven, 10, 11, 12. Both in systematic systems. Never failing to correct itself. Or uncorrect itself unless it's witnessed. It's called a miscommunication or or they call them those fucking little things, a kaleidoscope. A kaleidoscope with ten different views. Now, if you've made mistakes in your past and they're like kind of on 
honorable in a sense, right? Like you just kind of did some fucked up shit and just because you were out of yourself, you weren't being who you really wanted to be. And sometimes you do those things like really badly and sometimes you do them really badly on different levels. But if you come out of that situation and later on you speak with those people and they all still befriend you and act like you're someone that they want to have around, then you have nothing more to fear because it's called an unspoken acknowledgement of trust. Because if you come back around and you and I speak and we speak like friends again and we're cordial, then we're good. But if we speak and we don't clear the air and just speak, period, then there's a problem. But if later on, like a year later or two years later, you bring up some shit from like five years ago, then you've confused me because I didn't fucking know we were still talking about that shit when we spoke the next day right after. Like, you don't get to play that way. So if there's an issue, you bring it to the surface and you get taught that throughout your life, no matter what, like you get taught that if you don't pay someone their money, then you can get, you can get taught that. You can get taught that by your parents when, when you make a mistake, you know, they'll continue to confirm that you've understood it, but you will understand it. It will fucking make sense when it actually, when you need someone to understand that from you. Only then will you be able to ask someone to do something for you that you really want them to do. Like... If the past is continually being brought up and you want to stop and someone can't stop, well, it's not your obligation to stop it. It's your obligation to help them understand why they want to stop it. But you must first have to understand from their point of view how to stop it before you can ask them to stop it, right? Therefore, combining yourself with that combustion of a mess is just a beautiful disaster. Because all that happens when two people who love each other want to fix something is just the only dust that's in the way is glitter. <laughs> and like you just dust the glitter off of each other as you talk about stuff. And it gets better and you start to learn things. And that type of love is when, you, when you've been at the bottom, right? And you just don't have anyone to understand you, but something happens and you just start liking yourself a little bit. Well, that sucks if you have to do that without people who you really love because you can't share it with them in the moment, but that's really the only time you get. And sometimes they force you to go solitary to get that feeling. And sometimes you solidly, you solitary confine yourself. And sometimes, you know, you hoard yourself into a mess you can't get out of. We all do it differently in different ways to keep people from really prying in because really we think we've figured it out. If we can just jump one more hoop through this alone, We'll come out and then we'll just, everything will be understood. Well, that's just the way it works, is once you find your way out, people around you are trying to continually just flow out as well. And just because you float out doesn't mean everyone has to understand you right away. And you don't have to force people to listen to you, but you do have to listen to yourself inside and push through the times that are hard and just love whoever and wherever you are and give them the credit for the for the things that they did do to help you grow because if you don't give them credit you know you don't grow because you never grew without the help of something pushing you through and the only things that ever really pushed you through are the ones that you remember quotes from your family members however you innate family is family will be your way of innating it and, and what's a goon to a fucking goblin anyway <laughs> we'll hit you back at 444 but um if you're a snailer or a whaler or uh, live in a mushroom house with a sword, a dinosaur, a witch, or a fucking tree underneath a rainbow, I understand you, bro. And fucking, I'm just trying to be a unicorn with wings 
climbing up a beanstalk, but like little enough to be on a castle with hair long enough to go down if anybody wanted to come up. <laughs>